You are listening to Church Talk with Isaac. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, uh, wherever and whenever you're listening from. Uh, thanks for joining us. I'm your host, Isaac Watson, and uh, we've been on this great conversation about women in leadership, women in the church. I've gotten an amazing uh, amount of feedback uh, so far. People have been really enjoying this conversation, and uh, and I actually like talking about it. So uh, this one has been a little different in the sense of we've been dealing uh, really with with scripture and exegesis, and it's it's really more theological uh, in nature uh, with with biblical studies and things like that. But people have been responding uh, greatly. So um, you all know last week. Uh, we broke down First uh, Corinthians chapter two, as far as women uh, not having authority over a man, and uh, again, an amazing feedback we received from that. And uh, we're gonna jump into something different, another scripture, a very, uh, uh, a very hard scripture um, to interpret, uh, one that's caused a lot of trouble uh, within the church concerning this particular topic of women in leadership, women in the church, women in authority. Um, and uh, before I get into that, I want you to stop everything that you're doing. If you're at home, if you're cleaning, if you are, um, you know, just laying down, whatever you're doing, stop everything you're doing now. I want you to go and subscribe. If you have not already subscribe to Church Talk with Isaac. And then I want you to take a moment, take a minute or two. And I want you to to rate Church Talk with Isaac. And I want you to write a review for Church Talk with Isaac. And then I want you to take another second and I want you to share these conversations with someone. Share Church Talk with Isaac with someone that you know may need to hear this or uh, someone that you would desire or like um, to hear these perspectives because we're, we're going a little deep uh, uh, in these topics and uh, rightfully so. Uh, these topics have bound up women for hundreds of years. Uh, this these conversations have been going on for hundreds of years, thousands of years even. And uh, I think now is a time uh, where we talk about them. So what I'm going to do in uh, the next few minutes or time that I have remaining is I want to jump right into this next challenging verse, this next trouble verse. And uh, and we're going to see what we can get out of it. All right. So uh, we're going to look at First Corinthians chapter 14. Uh, verses 34 through 35. It says this, let your women keep silent in the churches. I'm reading from the New King James Version. Let your women keep silent in the churches for they are not permitted to speak, but they are to be submissive as the law also says. And if they want to learn something, let them ask their own husbands at home for it is shameful for women to speak in church. This is uh, very like straight to the point when you when you read it uh, just with those verses, it makes it extremely clear. Women, shut up. Women, if you have something that you want to share, wait till you get home. Share with your husband. It's 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 even shameful for you as a woman to speak in church, um, period. All right. So that's how it sounds when you just read this 
uh, without understanding the full context. But what I want to do is I want to give us uh, a full context in First Corinthians chapter 14. And uh, what I what I also realize we're doing with these conversations is uh, we're creating an apologetic or a defense uh, which gives people just not women, but men as well who may have heard these verses and may not know how to defend their position. They they may feel like or they may know that women uh, are empowered. They may see grace upon women, but they don't know how to biblically and contextually break down um, uh, how to explain these scriptures. So uh, what I want to do is I want to give you some context on First Corinthians, uh, the book. Because we have to understand that this was these are just not verses. This was a letter that was written to the Corinthian church. All right. Written by by the Apostle Paul. And the first thing that I want to say is that, as you all know, Corinthians uh, has two books. You have first Corinthians and you have second Corinthians. But what a lot of people may not know is that first Corinthians is a response letter from a previous letter that was written to Paul from the Corinthian church and Paul in writing first Corinthians was responding um, to their first letter. So actually what we know within the Bible as first Corinthians is actually the a, a second book of Corinthians. So I guess we can say it's second Corinthians and what we know as second Corinthians is actually a fourth book that we could consider fourth Corinthians because that too was a response letter from a third letter that was written to the Corinthian church. Um, so again, first Corinthians was a response letter um, to an original letter written to Paul uh, concerning certain issues and matters that was happening within the Corinthian church. So Paul responds, we get that letter. It becomes first Corinthians. The Corinthian church writes again to Paul, uh, and uh, concerning matters that are happening within the church, Paul responds again with the second letter, uh, which we know as second Corinthians, but is really the fourth letter being passed back and forth. All right. So there 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 are things that are going on within the Corinthian context, within the Corinthian church that Paul is responding to. Now, one of the things that we can actually look at as proof that first Corinthians is actually um, a response letter uh, is uh, we can look at first Corinthians chapter seven, first Corinthians chapter seven, verse one. This is what it says. Now, concerning the things of which you wrote me earlier. It is good for a man not to touch a woman. So what we see is that Paul actually um, he is actually responding to something that they had a concern about that they wrote to him concerning uh, the relations between men and women, marriage, uh, marrying virgins and, and so forth and so on, uh, widows, so forth and so on. And we and we see Paul pick up this conversation in First Corinthians chapter seven. He opens it up and says, hey, look, concerning what you wrote me, this is what I am going to lay down doctrine. This is what I'm going to give to you to present to you uh, my thoughts on the matters that you have given me. So what we see is that this gives you a context for this letter. It's a response letter. At times what Paul would do, and we're going to get into the women piece, but I just have to break this down. At times what Paul would do, uh, what, uh, Paul would at times quote from the Corinthians original letter in order to put his responses into context. So again, we see that in first Corinthians chapter seven, he would quote them concerning the things to which you wrote me. And this is what they wrote to him. It is good for a man not to touch a woman. 
That's what they wrote him. And then what Paul does is he immediately responds from that statement with his response uh, regarding um, 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 doctrine and uh, his gospel uh, uh, relating to that particular issue that the Corinthians wrote to him concerning. Now, what we have to understand, even when Paul is speaking about women being silent in the church, the first thing that we need to understand is that because this is a response letter, there are many times throughout this letter where Paul would quote um, um, their concerns. He would quote what they wrote him. He would quote what they believed. And then he would respond to them based upon um, um, what uh, Jesus has designed for the church to move in and what Jesus has designed for the church to operate in. Now, when Paul says, in first Corinthians chapter 14, verse 34, that women are not um, are, 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 are to be silent within the church. One of the things that we that that we have to understand is that this this book, even though we have it in English, is not an English writing is not an English book. This is a Greek writing. The original language that first Corinthians was written in is Greek. So what does that mean? That means that there are certain things that's in the Greek writing that actually gives us a better context, a more accurate interpretation of what this letter looks like, what it was intended to uh, to be. Uh, and even the way that it was written, there are certain things um, that are that are in uh, the, the specific writings of the Koine Greek. Um, that Paul is using in order to relay his message that often can get lost in translation. It can get lost in translation. So I want to say this. Paul was not silencing all women. He was not saying all women remain silent in the church. Otherwise, Paul would be contradicting himself throughout this entire epistle because Paul talked in first Corinthians that all people, even women, can prophesy. Paul actually said that earlier on in first Corinthians uh, chapter 11, verse five. Paul teaches that women should have their heads covered when prophesying in church. So what does that say? That says that women are prophesying in church. Let's, let's just look at it. First Corinthians 11 and five. But every woman who prays or prophesies with their head uncovered dishonors her head for that is uh, one and the same as if her head were shaved. Now, the issue that he was dealing with was a cultural issue with women having their heads covered uh, or not having their heads covered. But the issue itself was not women remaining silent. He was saying that women can pray and prophesy, but they should have their um, they should have their heads covered while they're doing it. Now, what sense does this make you all um, for Paul in, in one place? to say that women can pray and prophesy, but in another place for Paul to say that women are to remain silent. What, what sense does that make? Listen to this. Paul, prophecy itself is not just only speaking. Prophecy is speaking for God. So if Paul was against women speaking in church, why would he admonish them to speak on God's behalf? That's just something to think about. All right. Now, um, so Paul was very consistent whenever Paul was dealing with the gifts of the spirit. He was dealing with the prophetic prophesying, particularly through chapters 12 through 14. Paul was dealing exclusively with the prophetic ministry and the order of the church and ministering prophetically, ministering in tongues and interpretation. And women were included in that because Paul clearly said, women, when you prophesy and pray, 
do so with your head covered. So 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 this wasn't excluding women. First Corinthians was not written to men. It was written to a church that consisted of both men and women. Now, I want to get into uh, the Greek really quickly because there's something that we need to understand. And uh, this is actually very important in understanding the context of first Corinthians chapter uh, uh, 14. Verses 34 and 35. This is very important. All right. So um, what we have to understand, uh, again, when we're dealing with the Greek language, is that in the in the in the English translation, there is a, a, a something that you cannot see that if you overlook it, everything that people teach and believe about women remaining silent in the church would seem absolutely true. All right. And that's what happened. What you cannot see in the English translation is the Greek letter Eda. It's a Greek letter Eda with the grave accent mark over it at the end of verse 35. Now, some of y'all now I want you to research. I want you to look it up so you can see what the letter Eda looks like and all that good stuff. And and uh, even if you want to look into some other translations, you can look at it. But it's very important that we understand that that Greek letter Eda with the grave accent mark over it ends at the uh, uh is, is present there uh, at the end of verse 35. Now, why is why is that 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 punctuation? Why is that letter and that accent mark that that grave accent mark important? Um, scholars would say that that particular symbol has two basic meanings. The first meaning uh, would be that Paul used it as an emotional rebuttal to express uh, his disapproval of something, his disapproval of something that might have either been said, something that might have been believed by the church or something that might have been practiced. And what that what that um, um, what that mark would indicate uh, at the beginning or the end of a sentence would Paul would be Paul saying something like this. That's nonsense. Paul would be saying something or asking a question like this. Are you serious? So it's something that Paul Paul would say. Um, um, Paul would put that mark to indicate a level of emotional rebuttal or expression uh, regarding his disapproval of something. Uh, so so that's that's the first meaning. The second meaning of this mark being used um, would indicate that Paul just used a quote from another source. So whenever you would see um, this this Eda um, with this with this grave accent mark. It could it could indicate that Paul just used a quote from another source. And it most likely indicates that Paul is quoting from another source since he has already stated that he's replying to a previous letter. So it makes sense that Paul would be quoting from that previous letter. It just makes sense if he's addressing certain issues, he would use that mark to indicate. All right. Now you wrote to me concerning this. Um, I'm going to put this mark here. So that you can see what you said to me. And now I'm going to respond afterwards. All right. Now, let's go back after understanding that. And if you need to rewind, if you need to go backwards, if you need to reverse this and, and listen to this again, I encourage you to do that. Uh, we're going to move forward. All right. First Corinthians chapter 14. What I want to do is I want to read this entire thing in context. And then I'm going to tell you what I believe concerning it. First Corinthians chapter 14. I'm going to look at verses 31 through 40. All right. It opens up. For you can all prophesy one by one that all may learn and all may be encouraged and that the spirits of the prophets are subject to the prophets. 
For God is not the author of confusion, but of peace, as in all the churches of the saints. Verse 34. Let your women keep silent in the churches, for they are not permitted to speak, but they are to be submissive, as the law also says. And if they want to learn something, let them ask their own husbands at home, for it is shameful for women to speak in church. All right. Verse 34. Or, or did the word of God come originally from you? Or was it you only that it reached? If anyone thinks himself to be a prophet or spiritual, let him acknowledge that the things which I write to you are the commandments of the Lord. But if anyone is ignorant, let him be ignorant. Therefore, brethren, desire earnestly to prophesy and do not forbid to speak with tongues. Let all let all things be done decently and in order. All right. Now, again, after verse thirty five. We see that accent mark, which most likely means, listen to me, which most likely means that that segment was taken as a quote out of the original letter that was written to Paul. And it was not the words of Paul himself. So when it picks up, let your women keep silent in the churches for they are not permitted to speak, but they are to be submissive as the law also says. And if they want to learn something, let them ask their own husbands at home, for it is shameful for women to speak in church. So in other words, what I just read were not the words of Paul. They were the words of Judaizers, Judaizing men or 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 Jewish Christians or um, uh, let's, let's let's say it this way, Christians who were adopting uh, principles from Judaism and were incorporating them within the context of that church. And they were trying to silence men. Excuse me. They were trying to silence women based upon what they believed was written in the law. So what Paul does is he responds. Listen to me. Paul responds to what they said and this is what he said or did the word of God come originally from you or was it you only that it reached if anyone thinks himself to be a prophet or spiritual let him acknowledge that the things which I write to you are the commandments of the Lord but if anyone is ignorant let him be ignorant therefore brethren despite excuse me desire earnestly to prophesy and do not forbid to speak in tongues. Let all things be done in decency and order. What Paul was actually doing here was rebuking the thought that women should be silent in the church. Paul was not saying that women should be silent in the church. He was actually rebuking that thought and tearing that statement to shreds. Paul was rebuking these men that was saying that women ought to be silent in the church, even as the law says. For one, let me say this. There's nowhere in the written law that says that women should be silent in the church. Nowhere. So really what this speaks to and what Paul was addressing. Remember, Paul was a Pharisee. Paul was an elite Jew who understood the law back and forwards. So really what this speaks to and what Paul was addressing was the ignorance of these men who were trying to silence these women and keeping them from speaking in church because they were saying something was in the law that that was not even in the law. The law did not even say that uh, uh, it, the, the law did not even say uh, um, what they were implying, which spoke to their ignorance of spiritual things, even as men, they were ignorant. So it just would not make sense for Paul to write all of this uh, um, um, doctrine 
uh, gospel about about women being able to speak in church about uh, uh, um, when Paul addressed the issue in uh, in first Corinthians chapter seven, when he said, hey, you wrote to me concerning this. This is what I say. In that context, we see that Paul was empowering women, even in the relation, their relationships with their husband. So Paul would say things like this. Hey, women, um, your body is not your own. Hey, men. Your body is not your own. In other words, he said this. He said he said that 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 even the body of men belong to women. They were not to deprive one another from sexual, you know, from sex. In other words. So he was telling them, hey, look, uh, uh, men, these women are not even your property, as you probably would have adopted from previous doctrines. But under the gospel of Christ, under under the new covenant, women now have similar rights to men in the context of marriage. He even told believing women this in first Corinthians chapter seven. He said he said, hey, woman, if you're married to an uh, to an unbelieving husband, he uh, uh, he becomes sanctified through your sanctification. Otherwise, your children would be unclean. What is he saying? He's saying he's saying that, hey, women, you can actually become a spiritual covering to your husband if your husband is unsaved. What does that say about authority? That a woman's uh, relationship with God can sanctify the household uh, 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 of this woman, can sanctify her husband, can sanctify her children, and he be and she becomes a spiritual covering. Likewise, with men becoming spiritual coverings for unsaved uh, uh, for their unsaved wives. So we see that Paul is not pushing down women. Paul is actually taking his stance and is and is leveling the plane. He's leveling the playing field for women and men. He's not suppressing them. He's not trying to keep them silent. Yes, he was setting things in order. Yes, he was speaking concerning certain ones speaking out of line. And and uh, and uh, he was giving order for the church as far as how spiritual gifts should be administered. But this letter was written both to men and women. So therefore, both men and women should apply what what Paul is saying to them. Hey, look, if someone's prophesying. And uh, if you have a revelation, hold your peace. All right. Uh, so he was speaking to both men and women regarding these spiritual gifts, regarding speaking out, regarding preaching, regarding prophesying. So Paul was in no way throughout this entire epistle trying to keep women silent. So why does this one verse stop the flow of everything else Paul said? I'm going to tell you why, because we read it out of its context as if these are the commandments of Paul. When in actuality, Paul was doing what he did many other times throughout this epistle and quoted their concerns back to them and then followed through. With correction, followed through with rebuke, followed through with direction, followed through with guidance. And Paul did that here. All right. They said, hey, women are to remain silent. If you have a question, you ask your husband at home. Paul said, did, did the gospel only reach you? Did, did, did you make this gospel up yourself? How did you come to these conclusions? Did the word of God come originally from you? Or was it you only that it reached? And then he said, look, if any of you think yourself to be spiritual or prophet, let him acknowledge that the things which I, which I write to you are the commandments of the Lord. In other words, in other words, stop making things up that have not been commanded to you from me and from my counterparts that 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 were uh, that were brought to this church to help give you the pure, unadulterated gospel of Christ, gospel of the new covenant. 
So this is another a very, very uh, complicated. This is a very complicated um, series of verses uh, that's within First Corinthians. That's within the New Testament that really fights women. But I want to let you know that Paul was in no way fighting women. Paul was in no way trying to silence women. Paul, there, there are things, things should be done in decency and order, but, but those commandments with him setting things in decency and order had nothing to do with gender roles. It had everything to do with spiritual operation. All right. Listen, uh, I hope this bless you. Share this. Let someone hear this. And again, send me some of your feedback. Uh, uh, follow me even on Facebook. I have a Facebook group called Church Talk with Isaac as well. And uh, if you want me to cover certain topics, I'll be more than happy to. If, if you're if we're already friends or if you follow me on social media, just shoot me an inbox or send it to my website. And uh, and I'll be more than happy to try to cover your topics. All right. I hope this blessed you. I hope you all have a great week. Thank you for listening to Church Talk with Isaac. If you enjoy our content and benefit from this podcast, do me a favor and subscribe, leave a review and share with your friends, family and colleagues. I'm also on all social media platforms and would love to connect with you. You can also partner with us by visiting IsaacWatsonMinistries.com and clicking donate. Your partnership helps us to get the message of Jesus through Isaac Watson Ministries to the world. Talk to you soon.